Need more context on your favorite movie? Is Obama. Obama, okay. Senator Obama. Ever wonder why they did or didn't do that thing or include that scene? This is prime. Like, this is is quality entertainment. Check out Gutsy Media Podcast as my friends and I take a deep dive into everything from blockbusters to indie films. The weakest apple cider bitch beers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. That's Gutsy Media Podcast for everything movies. Do you miss hanging out at bars with a friend? Cream, cream ale. Do you miss those two friends of yours that would always end up drinking too much, leading to discussions about political philosophy? If so, then we have a podcast for you. When they nuked the Capitol, you know, that was bad. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jake. Join us at the tavern for a pint, a few laughs, and some nonsensical discussions. I will say neither of us are constitutional lawyers. (laughs) A political podcast for the unencumbered political mind. Search for the Bull and Moose Tavern on your favorite podcast streaming service today. He managed to make Trump look good on something. It's like- bad. The following is a DFAT Entertainment podcast, recorded and edited by Jake Duell. Hey, Campfire listeners, I have another book review coming at you. This time it is Appleseed by Matt Bell. It just came out this month on July 13th, 2021. But before we get into my review, we got to take a moment for our ads. Hey, Campfire listeners, while you're watching this YouTube video, I want to take another moment to point you to Ridley's Gaming Realm. They're an amazing private Facebook group to talk about classic video games. Not only can you talk about your classic video games there, but people buy and sell used video games through there. And with over 1,500 members at this point, they've had no fraud in their sales. Let's take a moment to check out one of their posts. So I have a post here to show you. It is a bunch of classic Nintendo games. The person selling these games individually, and if you're looking for your classic games, you can find them through Ridley's Gaming Realm. Sorry, Qbert sold, but there's other games out there. So listeners, like I said before that ad, I read Appleseed by Matt Bell. I got an advanced reader's copy, and actually read this a couple months ago, but now that the book's out and available wherever you find books shop your local bookstore, I want to give you my review of this book. This book tackled an ever-changing world of climate change, which this year feels more appropriate than ever. Flooding in Germany, fires. I have a hazy sky outside right now because of forest fires not even near here. Climate change is a thing we're dealing with. And this book looks at a possible sci-fi end result of that. The story actually takes place between three narrative plot lines during three different time frames. 
First, there's the Chapman stories, which takes place during America's spread west into Ohio and further. Then there's John's story, which takes place in the near future and a world at the brink of ecological collapse. And finally, there's C, number, number, number. Now that number changes throughout the book, and there's a reason for that, which is in a post-end-of-the-world situation in which it's a barren wasteland. C, number, number, number is a printed humanoid biosynthetic exploring the world after it ends. This book's theme is clear throughout. The plot line does tend to stumble at times, in my opinion. Of the characters, I think Chapman, the previous character taking place as America Spreads West, is the weakest and also the most confusing of the stories. John's story... The more modern in near future story was very intriguing and kept me wanting to read more to see where his story goes. And finally, C's story brings the whole narrative home, converging the three characters' stories together into a single story. Overall, this is an interesting take on human destruction and expansion across the world. There's no doubt that this story is taking out what climate change could lead to what human inaction during these dire times could be, and how human action led to the factors of climate change. The story is very much planted in the realm of humanity's pitfall, a philosophical topic I very much enjoyed explored in this book and other books. Due to this, almost all the characters are flawed in some great way, like real humans, with C's last incarnation being the least flawed of all the characters, in my opinion. Most of this story takes place filtering between the chapters. So you'll get a Chapman chapter, a John chapter, then a C chapter, until later in the book where C disappears for some times. This factor really helped me keep reading when there were chapters that I struggled compared to others. I could easily keep reading knowing that the characters would change in the next chapter and pick up on one of the other storylines. In some ways, this book reminds me of the themes in one of my favorite video games from the PS4, Horizon Zero Dawn. Though I would not place this book at the top of my recommended reading list from this year, I give it a strong 7 out of 10 and would recommend it to anyone who enjoys sci-fi, magic, and human issues. Overall, a bleak story that does have a happy ending. For more thoughts on this story, continue watching, but warning, spoilers ahead. So I want to discuss in more details my thought on this book, and specifically the main character arcs. In the next section of this video, I'm going to discuss the book's characters and the story in chronological order. One of my issues with this book is there's little dates clearly stating when each story is taking place. It throws me off. I do like a good timeline. Appleseed's story begins with Chapman. Chapman is a half-fawn, half-human who spends his time spreading out across the western frontier with his brother Nathaniel, planting apple trees for the future settlers to eat and attempting to get payment from those apple trees in the future. Chapman, of course, has a different goal as well. 
he's actually looking for a forgotten tree which can turn him into a full human. This has been a goal since his violent birth, which killed his mother, causing his father to cast him out and his brother to save him and run away. The major issue I have around Chapman's stories is that it's highly magical and I found it confusing at some points. First, how did a fawn person get born? The magic threw me off to the sci-fi element of this book. From Chapman's odd birth, something other than human and the magical tree, to the point that there are witches introduced, which to me suddenly kind of popped up and took the story off the rails. The witches seem out of place in general to me, this book. This t- it takes place in American expansion, but these witches seem highly European to me, not something that would be in uh, an expanding America. Um, this would not be so out of sorts if these witches were not established as the protector of land, which makes them seem like they should be rooted in some Native American lore. On top of that, they carry a severed head, which sings and causes the future to be seen too. And the witches and the head have something to do with Chapman's past life when humans and animals live together in unity. I'm just going to be honest, this part confused me. Overall, the story is an odd one for Chapman, and it's used to tie up the plot lines across the other stories. At one point during the witch's attack, uh, Chapman's brother Nathaniel shoots him, flinging him through time, but saving him from the witches. He and his brother are not reunited for another 10 years in that past storyline. At this point, Chapman learns to hide his fawn form and become fully human, which causes the witches to not be able to find him. This also leads to him becoming and not becoming the legendary Johnny Appleseed, living with the ancestors of our second character, John Worth, and then killing the witches and gaining the singing head and burying it in John's family homestead. During this time, he also finds the Tree of Forgetting, but has to flee from the Worths when they attack him in his fawn form, thus preventing him from finding his golden apple and becoming who he thought he wanted to be. His story finishes with him heading west. His story just falls flat. It has some really great points, but when it comes to the potential of looping all the stories together, I felt like just so much more could have been done with Chapman, and it could have been done better. Now, our second character, John, on the other hand, has a more modern story. And I think it's the best story in the book. It takes place in the near future. By my guess, 2070 or so. Again, dates aren't stated a ton, so it's kind of hard to place exactly where they are. Um, But he lives in a world not too far away from our real world, but it's much more dire state. Uh, The U.S. government's on the verge of collapse, and the capital has been moved to Syracuse, New York, you know, in my own backyard over there and most of the western united states has been destroyed and evacuated most of the animals have gone extinct and the company called earth trust uh, controls most of the world's food supply via their genetic modified crops john was actually a founding member of earth trust hoping to create super trees and robotic bees before he fled west to follow who his girlfriend who was an earth trust soldier Now he's part of what can best be defined as a terroristic group trying to take down Earth Trust. 
though most of his time in the West, known as the Sacrifice Zone, is just spent trying to rewild the Earth. In trying to take down Earth Trust, he actually has to head back to the Vax and the land he grew up on. Um, a Vax is a community of volunteers, U.S. citizens who have given up their citizenship and rights in exchange for foods and jobs. Uh, Vax are across the globe and feed the world on genetically modified crops and animals. The Vax John ends up in is actually Earth Trust headquarters, and it doesn't take long for Yuri, Earth Trust founder, and John's ex-girlfriend to find him and bring him back to the fold. Yuri is a character we have to touch on. She's a genius set out to save the world in any way needed. This means she takes tough actions at times that can be considered horrendous. Some of the things she does is find a way to map the genome of animals and humans and print new life. She takes the U.S. and EU governments hostage through the Vax and finds a way to transfer her consciousness from one body to another. We found out some of her goals and adventures are inspired and powered by that singing head that was buried on the Worth family homestead all that time ago. Something she was able to find because she was John's neighbor and she brought all that land that John's family had for, for Earth Trust. One of her other plans is Plantubo, based off a volcano, which will release items into the air to slow Earth's temperature rise and give humans more time to solve their problems. And this is where John comes back in. Yuri brings John back into the fold and shows him how to print beings and help her complete Plantubo. Though John does assist, this is actually part of his current girlfriend's plan, Kale's, to bring down Earth Trust. On the day of the launch, Kale leads an uprising against Earth Trust and spreads that across the globe. It's a bloody uprising which, in my opinion, dooms humanity. That has a plan within a plan. Though Yuri assumes they plan on stopping Plintubo, Kale actually plans on speeding it up. There was a backup plan where after a specified amount of years, if things didn't get better, Earth would be plunged into an ice age after warming back up once the temperature normalizes and the Earth is ready to be reborn. Kel convinces John to change the time frame down to 25 years. Of course, humans can't seem to get their things together and after 25 years, the Earth falls into a brutal ice age. This is where C comes in. He's a printed humanoid, again, part fawn, part human, but also blue this time, who travels across the icy world, digging down for biomaterial to print new beings, mainly himself when the time comes for another body. This story starts with C-432 before he is injured and needs to melt himself and reprint as C-433. Though time is not explored here, it appears that each of these creatures live an average of 10 years, putting the story about 4,000 years into the future. The world is still frozen, and the damage humans did is taking a long time re to repair. C-433 is a different being than the rest and starts having a tree regrow on him. He is, knows this is important and remembers something about a past life and a base where humanity is supposed to live. Taking off in a solar-powered bubble craft, he heads on a long journey back to his home. As he travels, the tree grows and actually starts sprouting other living beings, including 
Beatles, as he calls them. Once he makes it to his home he left long ago, he finds Yuri waiting for him. Now a nanomachine ghost. Yuri has gone insane in a way, merging multiple personalities into herself and becoming power mad in a chance to save humanity. Even though her end goal is still noble, her methods are now more questionable than ever, to say the least. This is when it's revealed that C-433, or that's what he is now, was John at one point a long time ago. He was another printed John, actually. It turns out that John and Yuri lived in this base, waiting for the chance to restore the world. After a long time, John and Yuri's goals diverged, and John printed multiples of himself, setting them out into the world to start preparing the world and collecting samples. C-433 is one of these Johns, and the only one to ever return, and is life reborn. At the end, John slash C-433 tree ends up being what restores life on Earth once the conditions are livable again. This was not Yuri's plan, but it is how everything ended. I think my greatest issue around this book is it has great bones, and it's a decent book. I just don't think it's amazing. Some of the plot lines remain too confusing, and some of the hops in the storytelling, to me, did not make sense. The pull-in of magic to bring the story together just didn't play out well for me. I loved the themes of this book, from the dangers humanity present to our habitat, to the problems with megacorporations, to the themes of trees and life. We must remember that Adam and Eve were corrupted by a tree of knowledge in the garden. Chapman hunts for a tree of forgetting, and in the end, a tree intertwined with a human is what restores life on earth. I am left with one major question, one that's not clearly answered through this book. Were Chapman, John, and C all the same person, but just various versions of Chapman when he was stuck in that time tunnel for 10 years? So, Campfire listeners, check out Appleseed by Matt Bell and have a great Podcast this.